Second and 11. Welcome to Play Callers podcast discussing current sports news and headlines behind the scenes of athletics life after sports. We talk about all the stuff of sports world. Anything goes. Are you guys ready? We're well, ready. I'm going to introduce our Play Callers panel. We have former NFL coach, Coach Kirk Broussard, former CFL scout and pro coach, Coach Chris Williams, and myself, Tracy Lynn. Hi, guys. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Jason? Doing good. Well, guys, you can definitely catch every episode and what is going on with Play Callers podcast because you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and wherever your podcast platforms you choose to listen to us. But as of right now, we are going to bring you all the goods. So you know what? Enough of me talking. It's all about the coaches here because we want to hear from them. Let's start it. Are you guys ready? Ready to go. Okay, let's talk about some college football. I want you, um, Coach uh, Broussard, why don't you tell me what your thoughts are so far this season? You know, I have a lot of mixed emotions. Uh, on one hand, I'm thrilled that we actually have football. Uh, that's the first thing. Um, I think a lot of the players looked a little bit out of sync as far as, like, the flow of the game, some of the offenses – uh, you know, typically in football, the defenses are always ahead of, ahead of the offenses in the early stages. So, you know, you saw a, lo a lot of rust that needs to get knocked off. Um, but overall, you know, I think everybody's just thrilled that we have football. It is a little awkward to see games without fans in the stands. I mean, to not have the, the reaction, that the roar of the crowd, that kind of, you know, that, that motivates you as a player, you know, to play. So, mm -hmm. um you know, other than that, man, I'm, I think uh, as things, you know, we're going to get used to this at some point as we continue with it. We're going to kind of get used to it, oddly enough to say. But um, I think um, I think I'm just really thrilled to see, you know, the SEC, the ACC. Uh, we had some shockers, you know, in college football where some lower level unexpected teams upset some, you know, major Division One powerhouses. So uh, we got a lot to talk about. I'll say that. <laughs> We definitely do. Up about the most important part, because, you know, I like to, uh, I like predictions. I like to put money down on things or just have some friendly bets. Let's talk about what your predictions are, Coach Broussard. What do you, who do you think's going to um, do this this season? Throughout the preseason, kind of analyzing the teams as far as who has what coming back from last year, returning starters, uh, you know, big play, Heisman Trophy, uh, candidates, who has those difference makers on their team, as well as, you know, obviously coaching plays in the factor that um, I've, I've said at the, at the top of the season, um, obviously Clemson has a lot coming back, especially the quarterback. So I would definitely put Clemson in that, in that top four, as far as uh, a, my playoff prediction um, from the SEC. I think it's going to, I think we're going to get two SEC teams in the, uh, in the college football playoff. And I think you're looking at the SEC East winner, and I think that's going to be Florida. I think Florida's going to beat Georgia this year and get over the hump. Uh, and so I think you're going to have a Florida-Alabama SEC championship game with both of those teams getting in the college football playoff. Um, and then that, that fourth team 
is probably that's going to be a tough one. I mean, North Carolina, North Carolina looked really, really good, but I can't see two ACC, t- ACC teams getting in the playoffs. And I know the Big Ten has been meeting about if they're going to have a season. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think they're going to have a late season, like a modified season. And um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I think t- people are going to want to see that Big Ten um, champion in the uh, college football playoff. So obviously that's probably going to be Ohio State. So I think you could be looking at Alabama, Ohio State. It's it's pretty much going to be the same four as last year, with the exception okay. of Florida will be that fourth team. So it's three of the same four from last year with Florida. So Florida just replaces LSU pretty much. Actually, so yeah, what, Alabama wasn't in last year. So we'll put Alabama back in. We'll bring in Florida. And then you got okay. Ohio State and you got Clemson. And that's that's my final okay. four prediction. If If okay. the Big Ten plays a season. Yeah, and we should know in less than a month, right? Yeah, Isn't really the deadline soon. like the beginning of October? Yeah, really soon. So okay. okay, Coach, tell me who your breakout players are for uh, college football this season so far. You know, I'm biased. Uh, we haven't seen him play yet, but I think the world is going to be shocked when they see Kyle Trash from the University of Florida. Um, he's kind of a dark horse, Heisman Trophy candidate. Uh, a lot of people mm-hmm. aren't really talking about him. But, you know, he actually, in a shortened uh, amount of games, he actually led the SEC in, in passing yardage um, as far as the returning starters that are returning to the SEC. So I think um, Kyle Trask, um, I think from Alabama, you're going to see a breakout season from their quarterback. Uh, I believe his name is Mac Jones. Uh, a lot of people really hadn't seen what he can do, but I think he's going to shock some people. I liked him out of high school. So I think uh, – I think that Alabama quarterback is really going to lead them back to where they normally are. I know they kind of fell off last year and didn't make a, you know, a big time bowl game like they normally do. So I would definitely say those would be two of my favorites that I, that I'm, that you're going to really hear, see break out. Um, Besides that, you know, someone breaking out that we really haven't seen um, that probably be a freshman. Uh, It's probably going to be one of the, one of the blue chip freshmen, and there's a kid that I that I that that really caught my attention from Clemson, uh, defensive lineman. Uh, his name is Breeze, and uh, he was the number one player in the nation, not this past recruiting cycle, but the cycle before. He's starting for Clemson. I just watched him making a lot of plays, and I think that's gonna that's gonna be a name that's that you're gonna hear about. And I project probably in the next two years, he potentially is probably gonna be a, a top five pick I mean he's he's that much of a difference maker on the defensive line coach Williams tell me what are your thoughts with no fans in the stands we've talked uh you know we've we heard the the noise is being pumped through Mm -hmm. but when you look there was no one there do you think that this is a good thing or should they maybe just dump it and forget about this idea what are your thoughts on this no fans in the stands and this artificial noise that's happening no no Dumping the artificial noise would definitely be, you know, get my vote. I mean, I, I don't, I don't feel like that serves any purpose at all. But, but as far as not having any fans, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily know that that fans have ever had a chance to see how important they are to the to, mm-hmm. to the sports world. I mean, they, you know, they're at the games and they're thinking that maybe in in some cases they they don't think that anyone hears them or are paying attention, but. They are the, the, you know, they're the energy that makes things go when it comes to the players and, and the feeling of the moments in the game. So 
you know, without them there, I mean, it's, it's absolutely, you know, it's a, it's a tough thing to watch. And I can only imagine what it's like for a player to get himself really going, especially at the tough parts of the game. It was great yeah. to, to, on Thursday to have that game, to look forward to that. And then we have Sunday football, like all day, all night. And then Monday night, it felt really good. But I will say it was a little odd. And I know some places, some stadiums are allowing a few fans in, and some are definitely not. But it was weird to see no fans, but all this noise. Yeah, from what, white I, noise. from what I've heard, you know, it depends on what state you live in and what yeah. the local government, the state uh, allows as far as mm-hmm. attendance. So, you know, I've seen some, some have no fans. I've seen some have 20,000 limit. And they've been mm-hmm. spaced out. So, you know, I think a lot of them, I think some of them were like only friends and family. So it's, it's, it's been all over the place. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think most people just throw that we have football. And no fans in the stand, like, I'll take that as long as we have a game. As long as we – You know what, I agree. Root for, root for our team, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, thoughts on no preseason and seeing the guys go right out there playing a game. I mean, from a coach's perspective – they needed that warm up. They needed the meet and greet to see how the players are all going to play together. Difficult. I mean, some of them, you could tell they needed that preseason game. Yeah. Well, from a coach's perspective, it's difficult evaluation wise to, mm-hmm. to learn and evaluate what you have, what you're working with, you know, it mm-hmm. limits you in that regard. Uh, and then I guess, you know, coaches have gotten creative, you know, in practice and, you know, did, I guess the way they, probably set up scrimmages in practice. I'm not sure if they were even allowed to do scrimmages against other teams because traditionally in the NFL, we'll have about two or three scrimmages versus other teams, teams that mm-hmm. are lo- that are close in our market. I know in my time with the Lions, we would always scrimmage the uh, Cleveland Browns. And, uh, and so I'm not sure if they were able to do that, but from an evaluation standpoint, it's difficult. And then from a mm-hmm. player standpoint, it's difficult for those players that are – on the bubble, those players that are trying to make a roster that get limited yeah. opportunities to show what they can do. And preseason is a prime time where you not only show the team that you're with what you can do, but you're showing other mm-hmm. teams what you can do. Because if you're that bubble player, you know, all the teams go back and review that film. So you'll get a phone call from another team if the team that you're with releases you. So mm-hmm. not having preseason, it, it hurt. And definitely, I'm sure it hurt a lot of people. What do you think, Coach? You know, I, I look at that from a from a coaching staff perspective, and you know the preseason games are always there to help you, you know, get a dry run of how you're going to run the game. You know, how you're going to communicate. You know, being under the gun with the the clock being on, and and you know, getting into situations and game situations and down and distance situations that that um, you know that you don't necessarily you know that you're not necessarily able to recreate in a practice setup. So you know, for them to come out. You know, first week and, it, and it's hit the ground running and it's full speed right now. That's that's a tough thing to do. So for mm-hmm. you know, I, I thought they did a, a fairly decent job today. You can see some some breakdowns here and there, but but definitely, um, you know, missing four preseason games at the highest level is definitely going to hurt you. Yeah. Okay. So what's it like watching a football game with you? What are your? Do you have that coach's curse, or are you pretty easygoing and we're gonna have a good time? I don't have to listen to you analyze this game from from start to be, to end. You know, I'm I'm definitely cursed. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> and, and I want sometimes I like I want to watch the game without yeah thinking as a coach. But when I'm looking at it, you know, your eyes are just trained, and and I'm not saying that that we're that we're the 
the best, most knowledgeable people ever. There, there are things that we don't know and things mm-hmm. that we have to study, but looking at the game is, is so, so hard because you, yeah. you see things that, that you're seeing things that the average eye doesn't see. So when I'm watching it with buddies of mine that have no football background, I mean, they they don't like it because, you know, it's, it's tough for me to, to dumb myself down, so to speak, to, to talk to them. But, and I, I hate to say it that way, but it's true. And I, I joke with those guys all the time and tell them, yeah, I gotta, I really got to dumb myself down here to, to enjoy this game with you guys. But but it's really tough. I mean, I'm, I'm seeing little things. I'm seeing the motions, seeing all the movements. So, you know, as you, when, you, when you do it for so long, you're definitely cursed at it, and it's a tough thing to break. Hey, who has the worst temper out of either one of you? when it comes to uh, watching a game and, and seeing that a player doesn't do what they're supposed to. And it's one of those, one of those things where it's very frustrating and it was such an easy thing to do an easy play. Who do you think's going to have the worst temper when watching it? Uh, if oh, I no one's coach, answering. I, I know coach Broussard is going to have the worst temper. I mean, I, I've always been a level, even kill guy. <laughs> I've seen coach, coach Broussard jumping around and, and, and throwing his, throwing his paperwork and all that he's stuff. He's passionate, right? Before. Yeah, so I can only imagine how he's – what he's like watching the game. But, yeah, I'm, I'm always even field. And, and even when I'm when I'm angry, I try to be under control mm-hmm. with it. But I just, I, just, I just like to put pressure on the refs. I like the refs to do their job. Yeah. So, um, okay. It depends on the situation. If I'm watching – if I'm watching my favorite team, then, yeah, it's pretty heated if they make stupid mm-hmm. mistakes. If I'm watching a team that I'm coaching, yeah, it's pretty heated if they make crazy mistakes. But other than that, outside of that, you know, I could watch a game and 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 I'm still going to look at it in the coach's eye, but I don't get as upset. I think it's just, you know, over the years, I kind of a, was a Steve Spurrier guy. You know, I like mm-hmm. to wear the visor and uh, he throws his stuff and it just kind of, you know, pick force a habit, you know, pick okay. kind of rubbed off on me, you know, so. Yeah, maybe I overreact sometime, but overall, I think I'm a pretty level-headed guy like Coach because uh, I always think that, especially being an offensive guy, if mm-hmm. a referee takes away, you know, I've always had the philosophy of ball don't lie. So if a mm-hmm. referee makes a bad call, I feel like it's going to come back around and we're going to get that call made up some kind of way. And I think my offense is so potent, you know, you could, you could, you could bring every touchdown back and we're going to keep scoring. You know, I'm a, I got that cocky offensive mentality, you know, when it comes to football. So that you do. Okay. Yeah. Oh, look at this. A little banter <laughs> on uh, play callers here. This is good. Maybe one time we'll have to do a live of each one of us watching the game. That would hey, be good. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's maybe a, a little idea. uncensored, maybe. Who knows where that's going to end. Well, Second and 11. Yeah, 11. 